listening to the Miracle Word Podcast. We believe that the Word of God gives you the power to experience never-ending increase in every area. If you're ready for revelation that will take you to the next level, you're in the right place. Here's your host, evangelist, author, and founder of Miracle Word University, Ted Shuttlesworth, Jr. Powerful things the Lord showed me in at least the last year and a half. And it, hey, there's Christian Raybert. I love you, buddy. It's good to see you. And thank you for sowing a seed. I saw it, man. We love you so much. Love your whole family. Um, I'm telling you, tonight is going to be powerful. If you missed last night, go back and watch. Uh, if it's not on the podcast yet, it will be soon. Um, because I'm telling you, there's something God's doing this year that's different. It's different, man. And uh, you're going to be a part of that. So glad everybody's on. There's Denise Karam. Good to see you. Love you. Michelle, Todd, uh, who was first tonight, by the way? I didn't even get to see. <clears throat> I was somewhere else. Zach Wilson taking the trophy for tonight. Good to see you, buddy. Letty, good evening to you, too. Mary Sue, Kayla, Teresa, Rose, Jackie Blake, Diane. Great to see everybody tonight, man. So glad you're on. Mendy Buckingham Burgess. Love you. Jenna Joyner's in the house. Uh, great to have you on. Paula, John, Regina Crabtree. Glad you're on. Jaden, what's up? God bless you. That's right, Mimi. God is going to blow our minds this year. 2021. Minds will be blown. We're going to have the best year we've ever had by far in Jesus' name. Jennifer, good evening. Debbie, Joanne, good to have you on tonight. Glad you're on from all the way from Danville, Virginia. Uh, Britt Lukens, what's up? It's your year for a website. I don't hear anybody. <laughs> what's up in Canada? Glad to have you on. Shamar, good to have you on. Love you. Um, yeah, last night I, I shared that word, if you were on, that uh, for Jesus, the demon-possessed man recognized him from afar. For Elisha, that the sons of the prophets recognized his anointing from afar. That this year, God's going to bless you so abundantly that it won't have to be somebody um, uh, right up next to you to study you and see what's going on in your life. They'll be able to tell from afar off, from afar off, what God's doing in your life. And so tonight, I hope you have uh, a notebook, pen, Whatever. Hey, Zach, love you, buddy. Um, Brother Johnny Holt, love you. Love you. Um, so I hope you're ready to take some notes. It's going to be a good night, man. Let me say quickly, we're not going to do a whole lot of preliminaries on these sessions, but if you haven't got a chance to get the new book, get the new book, Fasting, A Complete Guide to Biblical Fasting. It's available right now at our website, shop.miracleword.com. Also on Amazon for the paperback, also on ebook formats, Apple Books and Amazon Kindle, um, without question, best response we've ever had for a book that's been released. I believe that this is going to be something God will use to bless many, many people around the world. We're already seeing people uh, all over the world that are getting it. I checked the Amazon um, analytics the other day and it was blowing my mind already. It's not even been out a month yet. And uh, I'm so thankful that I was able to get it out. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for helping me. That was the goal. Get it in people's hands as we're fasting. 
And we're halfway through the fast, actually past that now. We're finishing up day 11 today. And of course, we've got 10 days left. I can't believe we're already uh, halfway through, but 10 days left. And here's what I was going to do. And I'm going to tell you this. Um, of course, you know, we're doing these breakthrough sessions every night at 9 p.m. Um, all through this week, we're taking a break at night on Saturday and Sunday. We're back next week as well, Monday through Friday. And then Friday of next week is the last day of the fast. Friday of next week. God bless you. Thank you, Mimi, for saying that. Um, Friday of next week is the last day of the fast that for those that started with us on the second, we're going from the second to the 22nd. So, um, next week on Friday night during the 9 PM session, we're going to be doing our breakthrough service. We're going to be having communion. We're going to all have communion together, uh, during that broadcast and, uh, finishing the fast together. And then of course, uh, we're coming out on the other side of that more blessed than we've ever been. So just prepare for that. What we're going to do is this. Hey man, Christina, uh, what we're going to do is this. We want that to be a miracle breakthrough service. I'm going to ask Carolyn to join me on that service. Uh, she may be on nights before that, but for, for sure, for certain, I want her here uh, on that final Friday. We want you to prepare and send your prayer requests to us. We want to pray with you. And uh, we want Friday night, next Friday night, as we finish the fast, to be a, a prayer service, a miracle service. So what we're going to do is we're going to have you email us your prayer requests. You can send those to info at miracleword.com. And we're going to have them. And we're going to pray over them. And then, of course, we're going to have communion. And... Um, I'm sure that Tiffany's thinking, I wish he would have told me ahead of time because I could have come up with a very, a much better system than what he's saying live on the broadcast right now, reading her thoughts as I'm on the broadcast, but we're going to have you email. Would you send us a letter in the mail? <laughs> no. We're going to have you email us, uh, your requests to info at miracleword.com. And we're going to, of course, print them out. We're going to pray over them. We're going to, uh, have communion on that night and finish the fast strong. And we're going to be uh, I believe holding our testimonies in our hands very quickly. So do not forget, and I'll make another announcement about it as well, but next Friday, it's our miracle breakthrough service, uh, and communion service. So you're not going to want to miss it. Uh, every night, Monday through Friday at nine, every morning, don't forget we've added Saturday mornings during the fast at 1030, same time. So it's going to be wonderful. I want you, if you have your Bible, there's my nephew, Chris Iaquinto. I love you, Chris. I love you, buddy. Thank you for watching Uncle Teddy on YouTube. I love you very much. Um, if you have your Bible, I want you to turn with me tonight to the book of 2 Kings, and we're in the fourth chapter, and I'm going to show you something. Did you see the title of the broadcast, which says, uh, it is well, and then we put in parentheses, if you say so. It is well, if you say so, I'll break that down. And of course I'm referring to the power of your word or the power of your confession. We're going to talk about it tonight from the scripture. I'm going to show it to you from the life of Christ, the life of the prophets, the life of the apostle Paul. And then we're going to talk about the life of the believer, which is you and me. 
and uh, watch what God will do. So we're starting though in second Kings. <laughs> That's awesome, Chris. I love you, buddy. Hey, pastor David, I love you. Um, so second Kings chapter four, this is the story of the prophet Elisha and the, uh, Shunammite woman. And, uh, we're going to, we're going to start with, let's start reading with verse number eight. So I'm in second Kings four and I'm starting in verse number eight. Listen to this. The Bible says one day Elisha went on to Shunam where a wealthy woman lived who urged him to eat some food. So whenever he passed that way, he would turn in there to eat food. And she said to her husband, behold, now I know that this is a holy man of God who is continually passing our way. Let's make a small room on the roof with walls and put there for him a bed, a table, a chair, and a lamp so that whenever he comes to us, he can go in there. And one day he came there and he turned into the chamber and rested there. And he said to Gehazi, his servant, call this woman. And when he called her, she stood before him and he said, say now to her, you've taken all this trouble for us. What's to be done for you? Would you have a word spoken on your behalf to the king or to the commander of the army? And she answered, I dwell among my own people. He said, well, what's to be done for her? And Gehazi answered, well, she has no son and her husband is old. And he said, call her. And when he called her, she stood in the doorway and he said, at this season, about this time next year, you shall embrace a son. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And she said, no, my Lord, oh man of God, don't lie to your servant. But the woman conceived and she bore a son about that time, the following spring, as Elisha had said to her. Now jump down to, um, well, let's just go to the next verse. When the child had grown, he went out one day to his father among the reapers and said, my head, my head. And the father said to his servant, carry him to his mother. And when he lifted him and brought him to his mother, the child sat on her lap until noon and then he died. And she went up and laid him on the bed of the man of God and shut the door behind him and went out. Now, here is the principle you've got to catch. You've got to catch this. Multiple things happen here. Look, after laying her son on the man of God's bed, she called to her husband, said, send me one of the servants and one of the donkeys that I may quickly go to the man of God and come back. And he said, why, why will you go to him today? It's not new moon or Sabbath. And she said, all is well. King James, it is well. It's like we titled this broadcast. It is well. In the natural, was it well? I mean, literally, I want you to write it in the comments. In the natural realm, was it well? No, no. Her son was dead. But notice she did not talk about her son's death. She didn't mourn. She didn't complain. She wasn't upset. I'm sure internally she was, but she said it's what she said was different than I'm sure she felt because she said all is well. It is well. That was her confession. That's what she said. That's right. People putting it in the comments. It is well. It is well. All is well. And so she went out. And the Bible said, uh, she said, saddled the donkey, said to the servant, urge the animal on. Do not slacken the pace for me unless I tell you. Went out and uh, said to Gehazi, look, there's the Shunammite. Run at once, meet her and say to her, is all well with you? And 
is all well with your husband and is all well with your child. And she said, all is well. Look at that again. And when she came to the mountain of the man of God, she caught hold of his feet and Gehazi came to push her away. But the man of God said, leave her alone. She's in bitter distress and the Lord has hidden it from me and not told me. Then she said, she said, didn't I ask you for a son? Did I not say, don't deceive me? Notice this. <laughs> I love this. This is so supernatural. She petitioned him. Notice that she didn't say anything until she got to where the anointing was. She answered her husband, answered the servant, answered the man of God. It is well. It is well. One of the things that I don't believe that people uh, make use of enough is the power of your words, the power of faith confession. In fact, it's one of the first areas that the devil tries to trip you up. It's one of the first areas that he tries to take you out by what you say. He ta- first, he tests what you think, and then he'll try to test what you say. Catch this now. There's my friend, Pastor Rob Conover. Love you, buddy. For, watch how this works. The first thing the devil does is test what you think, and then he'll try to test what you say. Two things right in a row, right in a row. Notice how um, when Satan first approached Eve in the garden, notice what he did. He tried to first affect what she thought. Well, did God really say that you can't eat of any of the trees in the garden? Did God really say that? See, God never said that, but now he's messing with what she thinks. Do you see how important this is? The devil is messing with what Eve thinks. Why? Because what you think ends up becoming what you say. What you think ends up becoming what you say. You understand that that's a principle we all know. In the New Testament, uh, I believe it's 2 Corinthians 4.16, the apostles said, we believe, therefore we speak. You see it. We believe, therefore we speak. We speak what we believe. We speak what we meditate upon. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. That's exactly what the Bible says. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So why do you think it is that the devil tries so hard to mess with what you think? Because it'll affect what you say and it'll affect what you do. Two things. It'll affect what you say and it'll affect what you do. Good evening, Ted and Ashley. Love you guys. So here's what he does. Step one mess with their thought life. Try as hard as he can to change your meditation, to change what you think, to change what you have on the inside of you. Out of the abundance of your heart, the mouth will speak. And see, I was describing it this way. The description on the package doesn't matter. It's what's inside the package that matters. So I, I, I said something uh, when I was preaching in Danville, Virginia. I said, you know, I could take, that's exactly right, Samuel Fitch, Pastor Sam, I'll be with him soon. Love you, man. I could take a Colgate toothpaste tube without somebody knowing. I could 
empty all of the toothpaste out of the tube. And then I could fill the tube with grape jelly and put it on your uh, sink by your bathroom where you get ready every night. Look at this. You pick it up. You go to put it on. Why are you going to use it? You see that it says Colgate. It looks like a toothpaste tube. You go to put some on your toothbrush. What comes out? Grape jelly. Does it even matter that it says Colgate on the tube? It doesn't even matter. The label means nothing. Because even though it says that, if you saw grape jelly was coming out, you'd throw it away. Or you'd go make a peanut butter jelly sandwich. It doesn't matter. The, the, the description, what's on the uh, tube doesn't matter. It's what's inside that matters. It's what's inside. I can have Christian, I can have Holy Ghost, charismatic, full gospel, Christian label on my life. But if I don't keep myself filled with the substance that God's word teaches, then I can call myself Holy Ghost filled, charismatic, full gospel, whatever I want to say. But the, the, the label means nothing, means nothing. It's what's inside of the package that comes out when you're squeezed that means something. And that's this woman right here. This was before Christ. And she was being squeezed by this situation. What came out of her? The thing that came out of her is what should have come out of her. It is well. Hallelujah. All is well. The label, you know, talk is cheap. Anybody can say it. Anybody can claim it. Anybody can. But what's on the inside of you is what really matters. Because you never know. See, when the pressure, when the enemy tries to put pressure on you, You'll find out real quick what's in the abundance of your heart. Out of the abundance of your heart, the mouth will speak. And there's power in your words. There's power in your confession. There's power in what God has given you. And so notice that she comes to the man of God and she all the way there. It is well, it is well, it is well. What was she doing? Well, let me ask you this. Do you think she believed that her son would stay dead? Do you honestly think she believed that her son would remain dead? If she did believe that, why did she put her son on the prophet's bed? If she did believe that, why did she leave her house instead of starting the funeral plans? Why did she leave to go find the prophet if she believed her son would remain dead. She didn't believe that. She did not believe that. It's why she placed him in the room she made for the prophet. And it's why she went to get him because she believed miracle working power will raise my boy back from the dead. And she kept her confession on it. She kept her actions aligned with it and she made it happen. And she went out there by faith, not doubt, not unbelief, faith. And it was what she believed that became what she spoke, that became what she did that ended up bringing the miracle. And she put, listen, she was not, I love this because she was not satisfied with the prophet speaking a word from where he was. No, come to my house, <laughs> come to my house. She was persistent. I need the anointing of God. And he came and you know the rest of the story. Bible says that he laid himself over the boy 
And of course the boy came back to life. The very thing that she believed would take place that she pursued by faith came to pass. It's a concept that the Bible teaches in the old and new Testament. In Proverbs 18, 21, for example, the Bible says death and life are in the power of the tongue and those that love it will eat the fruit thereof. Say that again. Proverbs 18, 21, death and life are in the power of the tongue and they that love it will eat the fruit thereof. And so there is a fruit to what you say, man, what a thought, what a thought to recognize that, to realize that. In fact, I want you to write that down in the comments section. There is fruit to what I say. There is fruit to what I say. It's very, very important concept. Words are not arbitrary. They're not meaningless. They're not powerless. You know, this lie that's been spread, uh, you know, that words don't mean anything is such a dangerous lie because, you know, we can say that if we will, you know, even when we were kids, you know, sticks and stones can break my bones, but names will never hurt me. That's one of the most untrue things that's ever been spoken to children. How, how many of you watching the broadcast have ever been hurt by something someone said? Of course you have. Everybody has. Everybody has. So to walk around saying sticks and stones can break my bones, but names or words can never hurt me is foolishness. And we know that it's foolishness. You can be hurt by words. You can easily be hurt by words. And so we know that words carry power. Here's the other side of it. How many of you have ever felt extremely, for, uh, for lack of a better word, fortified or built up, edified would be another word, by something somebody said to you? How many have ever been extremely encouraged by something somebody said? I hope that this broadcast, that the words that I'm speaking are words that encourage you, are words that build you up, that edify you. That's, the pr that's my prayer. I wouldn't do this broadcast <laughs> 10 times a week <laughs> if I didn't believe that. I'm believing that these words are encouraging you. But other than myself, I'm sure there are other people that have spoken into your life and those words have encouraged you. So what is it? There are words that can hurt you and there are words that can encourage you or build you up, edify you. Of course, words have power to make a change, not just in the psyche. So let's talk about that for a minute. Not just in the psyche, but also in the spirit realm. And we know there are psychological effects to words. For example, if, if somebody grows up in a home where there's no positive reinforcement, You've got somebody growing up in a home where uh, all they're ever told is they're stupid. That no, if, if it wasn't for you, all you do is screw up. All you do is make mistakes. I'm telling you, you're, you are an idiot. You are really dumb. There are people, sadly, who have a parent or parents that say those kinds of things to them. 
Maybe you grew up in a home like that. I'm sorry if you did. It's a devastating thing, especially to the developing mind, to the developing child. It is a devastating thing to not have positive parental reinforcement. It's, it actually severely hinders the growth and development of a child, even a teenager, when that's what they have going on in their home. And so we have, God's given us care over our children to speak words of life into their spirits, into their spirits. I actually take great care to speak to my children, to tell them, I tell Teddy all the time that he's handsome. I tell them he's awesome. I tell them that he's what he's doing. He's great. I tell my daughters they're beautiful. I tell them I love them. I tell them how sweet they are, how talented they are, how anointed they are, how wonderful they are because they are not because I'm making it up, but they need to hear it. They need to hear it. Why? There's power in words. When we speak, there's power in those words. And, the, and, and let me tell you something. It does build you up or edify and encourage you. You better believe it does. You better believe it does. You absolutely. Well, here's how we know in the natural realm. Well, I won't even get into that because I'm not talking about psychology. I'm talking about the spirit aspect of this. And there is a spiritual aspect that the Bible teaches. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And they that love it will eat the fruit thereof. There is, and thank you for putting it in the comments, there's fruit to what you say. There's fruit to what you say. Your words will produce. They absolutely produce. There's no way, let me just say this to you. For every person, it's funny, it's funny that there's people that are so, uh, literally, they're, they're, they're so, um, educated, if you will. They're so intellectual <laughs> that they discount the supernatural things that the Bible teaches. The Bible's not a, a book of natural things. It's a book of supernatural things. That's why I mock people that try to explain away the miracles of the Bible. It's like somebody on the History Channel. Uh, they did a documentary on the, the Exodus the Red Sea crossing, you know, and I've heard other people mention this. Well, that, you know, that the Red Sea was extremely shallow at the time. You know, it was really at the time of year, it was dry. Probably portions of it were only two inches deep. You know, whatever you want to say. It's just as much of a, a miracle if it was two inches deep because the Bible tells us that God drowned Pharaoh's entire army in the Red Sea. So if, if you're telling me that there were two inches of water at that season in the Red Sea, how much more of a miracle is it that God buried their chariots and horses and every member of the army and killed them in two inches of water? People get so intellectual that they try to explain away the supernatural as aspect of the Bible. The Bible's not a natural book, it's a supernatural book. It teaches supernatural principles because God's a supernatural God. And he's the author of our Bible. And so the Bible says death and life are in the power of the tongue. Sometimes we teach that and we teach it like, oh yeah, you got to be careful because you know, you could speak death or life. You got to choose to speak life. No, you need both. You need both. There are some things you don't speak life to. 
You don't speak life to some things, you speak death to them. What if the devil tried to attack your body with some sort of a, a tumor, cancer, you know, whatever it might be, you're going to speak life to that or are you going to speak death to cancer cells? Speak death to that tumor, command it to shrivel and die and leave your body. You don't speak life to everything. Some things God gave you the ability to speak death to them. In the same way that in Mark chapter 11, Jesus spoke death to the fig tree, cursed it, commanded it to die, and it shriveled up from the roots and died. You know why? There was power in his words. Power in his words. That's why we don't speak flippantly. We speak with purpose. I don't just let my, myself say what everybody else is saying. You have to speak with purpose because there's power in what you say. Life, death, they're in the power of the tongue. Hallelujah. There is power in what you say. And so this woman, she said, I won't release my confession. I will not release my confession. I declare it is well. Do you honestly think I'm going to allow the you know, major news networks to define if things are well or not in my life? That would be insane. Can you imagine me turning over the peace and wellness of my life to CNN, to CNBC, Fox News, ABC, CBS? Insane. Insane. I would never allow them to have authority over the wellness of my life, or even my perceived wellness. I'm never gonna look at that and say, oh my God, I didn't realize it was this bad. We better get, I mean, my Lord. I don't care what's going on. I honestly don't. I've looked at social media far less in the last month than I ever have since it's come out. Literally. Because I just don't care. I just don't care. Honestly. I honestly don't care. Carol asked me today, she said, what's been going on with that? I said, I have no idea. I have no idea because I just don't care. Do you realize I preached this the other day when I was in Danville. When I saw this, I saw this, I was on the internet and I'm sure I was reading an article, uh, uh, something popped up and it was, it was talking about the fact that after all that's happened in 2020, that psychologists have created a new term uh, for people that can, that get sucked into social media and the term psychologists have, um, coined is doom scrolling. <laughs> I mean, literally that's the term that's now being used because I guess what's happening is that it's like, it's just, you know, you scroll your Twitter feed and it's like one bad headline and depressing headline and scary headline and one after another. And they're just like, I mean, like you're reading them, they're floating past your eyes. And it's like, oh my God. And it's like, you get sucked in and you just can't stop scrolling. And the more you scroll, <laughs> the more depressing it is. And the more anxious you get. And they said, yeah, it's called doom scrolling. Well, I'm not going to scroll to my doom. What in the world? People think, oh, you think I'm going to stay on there and scroll to my doom to the point I, I put my phone down and I'm in like an overwhelming depression. I have to actually go back and read my own book, Praise, Laugh, Repeat, just to get, just to get out of depression. Doom scrolling. Why? Because what you ingest matters. It matters. What you put in your spirit. You know, when I was young, they used to just have a phrase that 
probably has been said in every youth group in America, but garbage in, garbage out. They used to say that all the time when I was a kid. Garbage in, garbage out. If you just continue to put garbage into yourself and into your spirit, into your mind, guess what's going to happen? Guess what's going to happen? I'll tell you what's going to happen. It's what's going to come out of you. It's going to change the whole environment of your spirit, man. Go to Proverbs 4. Let's go to Proverbs 4. I want to show you the concept. Maybe one of the most important scriptures or verses in the entire Bible. Maybe. And I'll show you why. What I'm getting ready to read read you might be one of the most important verses of the whole Bible. What's up, Gary? Proverbs 4. Tonight's broadcast brought to you by Essential Water. Perfect pH balance for that refreshing taste. Um, (laughs) Proverbs chapter 4. And uh, I'll read it to you in a couple of um, a couple of different principles, or excuse me, uh, translations, so you can see the principle. Uh, I'm going to start with the ESV, and then I'm going to read it to you in uh, the New Living, and I'm going to read it to you probably in the New English translation. Listen to this. Proverbs 4.23, keep your heart with all vigilance, for from it flow the springs of life. Do you see it? Keep your heart with all vigilance, for from it flow the springs of of life. Listen to the New Living Translation. Guard your heart above all else. Hear that. Guard your heart above all else. Why? For it determines the course of your life. You see now why I say it may be one of the most important scriptures in the Bible? Listen to what it said, above all else, above all else. Nothing is, is more important than that. Nothing. Guard your heart above all else. Obviously getting saved is more important than that, but sinners aren't guarding their heart. And this isn't written to people who aren't followers of God. What do you think? The book of Proverbs is written to people who weren't followers of God. Do you think there were just pagans out there following godly principles? No, it's written to people that are followers of God. And of course, being saved is the most important thing. But after you're saved, you better guard your heart, guard your heart for out of it flow the springs of life. New living, the Bible says, uh, it determines the course of your life. So hear what, hear what this scripture is saying, because this will blow your mind. If you don't guard your heart, then literally whatever you allow in will shift, man, this is like, I'm going to give you an analogy that's something I just saw. It'll shift your life uh, direction and what, what you may not, it's so small, you may not even notice it, but literally a small degree change 
can, depends on how long you let it go. You let it go for a year, you let it go for six months, you let it go for three months, you let it go for a month, and it starts off, you may be a few steps off. After a month, one degree, one degree change, and you're in a totally different place of where God's called you to be. We were flying home from Albemarle. I jumped on the plane uh, and the pilot was like, we're gonna get, I'm gonna talk to, uh, I'm gonna talk to air traffic. We're gonna come down the East Coast. And he said, they're gonna hand us off from air traffic uh, tower to tower. And he said, uh, we'll just see what they say as we're coming down the coast um, and we'll come straight into Fort Lauderdale. Uh, so we're coming down. And I thought this was so interesting. We were coming past Charlotte and Greensboro and all that. We're going down towards Georgia and uh, headed towards Jacksonville, Florida. And all of a sudden we get this call on the comm and the pilot's like, yeah, man, they're telling me that uh, we're fl- they-, they don't like how close we're flying to uh, an Air Force base. So we're coming close to like um, military airspace. He said, so they want me to divert uh, the course just a little bit so that we don't get into that military airspace. And so uh, he said, they're going to, instead of flying straight towards Jacksonville, they want us to divert towards Savannah, Georgia, and then go to Jacksonville. And so he pop, he pops open the GPS in the plane and he, he, you know how you can do, you can put a waypoint on a GPS. So we started where we were in Albemarle, North Carolina, Monroe, North Carolina, headed down to Florida, but he put in Savannah. But I thought this was so interesting because we had autopilot on. So the moment he put that in, notice we're talking about what you put in. He, when he put that in, I thought, okay, well, they're telling us now we got to go to Savannah, Georgia instead of Jacksonville, Florida. The plane's going to like turn and we're going to go a different direction. It wasn't even that noticeable. Notice this. When he did that and hit enter, there was a slight bank on the plane. And I mean ever so slight a tiny bank on the wings and just a little bit of a turn. Why? Because we were already going in that general direction. We were headed south, right? And when you're not that close to those two cities, you know, from that far out, you don't know the difference. But I mean, do you know that there's a big difference between being in Savannah, Georgia and Jacksonville, Florida? You better know. I mean, if imagine if you, you bought NFL tickets to go see the Jacksonville Jaguars play. He said, yeah, we'll just kind of head south and see, you know, we'll just, we'll just get where we get. And you end up in Savannah, Georgia. Let me tell you, you're going to be ticked off. It's not like they're next door. You're going to be ticked off with all these tickets to go see the Jaguars play, and you're in Savannah, Georgia. And so, but we're in the air, headed south. He popped that in when he hit enter, a tiny, I mean, it was the tiniest bank on the plane. And all of a sudden, with that, Little degree change, we're on our way to Savannah, Georgia. And it it like popped up in my spirit is that the devil doesn't want to make massive changes in your life. Man, catch this. He doesn't want to make massive changes in your life. He wants to throw something little. He wants to sneak something into your heart. He wants to sneak something into your heart. Something so small, seemingly, but it puts you off by a few degrees, puts you off by a few degrees. And before you know it, you're staying on that course. God had you headed for blessing and you're headed now for destruction, but you can't tell, especially at the beginning, because it's such a slight thing 
and then you ride that out without correcting it. It's not corrected. There's no course correction. Guard your heart above all else. That's exactly right, Chad. A little leaven leavens the whole lump. You know, if you had a whole thing, it doesn't matter. It's exactly right, Glenn. Like, just like a bullet. If I got this whole thing of essential water, and say, you know what, it's, it's all water, but you know what, I'm only going to put one drop of cyanide in there. Just one drop. You know, one little drop of cyanide. Yeah, bye. Won't be here for tomorrow morning's broadcast. Because it doesn't matter that there's a ton of water in here. If there's a drop of cyanide, I'm gone. I'm gone. It doesn't look big. It looks small. But the effects are massive. In the same way, we changed degree by a small amount. Ended up in a different city. You see what I mean? Guard your heart above all else. Above all else. For it determines the course of your life determines the course of your life. Let's look at it in the New English translation real quick and just look at what the Bible says. Guard your heart with all vigilance for from it are the sources of life. That's great. That's extremely great. Hmm. The inner man it's talking about here. I wanted to see this word Oh, that's really good. I'm looking at the translator's notes for this, uh, this, uh, verse. Listen to this. Huh? The word vigilance. Of course we use that in the ESV. It's used in the NET. Uh, the new living says, uh, above all else, but the word vigilance, I like this note from the translators. It says more than any guard more than any guard, guard your heart more than any guard, protection like you would for a city, like you, just like you would for a city, huh? So, and then it says here, it determines the course of your life. It actually in the Hebrew means it is like the fountainhead of your life, the fountainhead. If it is destroyed, everything that flows from it will be destroyed. And so you can see now why the devil fights so hard to mess with what you think, what's in you, because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth will speak. That's why it matters where you go to church. It matters what you listen to. It matters who you hang around. It matters who speaks into your life. It matters what you're doing in dedication. You know, us reading the Bible every day for 90 days to read the whole Bible through is going to have massive effects on people this year. It's going to have a massive effect on your life this year. Just this reading the Bible through in 90 days. What are you doing? You're filling yourself with divine fuel. It's like jet fuel for your spirit, man. It's like jet fuel. You're going to fly at such a high rate and a high place in this year. You're going to mount up with wings like eagles. You're going to run and not grow weary, walk and not faint. Hallelujah. And that's going to be your story. Why? You're filling yourself with this, what we're talking about. It's like supernatural jet fuel. Hallelujah. And if you go two verses before, what's he talking about? And even the verse before. 
talking about putting the word into your spirit, putting the word into your spirit. And so it matters. I'm looking at the comments. People are saying it matters and it does matter. It does matter. I wouldn't just have anybody pastor me. I wouldn't have just anybody lay hands on me. I don't want any impartation. I want what God has. <laughs> a guy tried to lay hands on me one time. I said, no, thanks. <laughs> That's happened more than once, but for sure a few times. No, thanks. Let me just lay hands on you, brother Ted. No, thanks. <laughs> so you're so prideful. I'm not prideful. I, I, I'm using wisdom. Using wisdom. I'm using wisdom. I had a guy come up to me, wasn't even spirit filled, wasn't even spirit filled, didn't even believe in anything that I preach. Somehow it got into one of the meetings. He was a pastor of another church from a denomination that's not even a spirit filled denomination. Well, and I don't care how nice you are. I love you. Thank God you're nice, but nice doesn't mean anointed. <laughs> nice doesn't mean anointed. And came up to me at the end of the, I'd finished a revival, came up to me at the end. You know, Brother Ted, I think before you leave, I would really love to just lay hands on you. No, thanks. And so I, I broke it down for him. He said, you don't want me to lay hands on you? I said, no, I don't. I said, well, let me tell you why. I said, in the Bible, there's only a limited number of reasons why you lay hands on anybody. I said, number one, they laid hands on people if they were sick for them to be healed. I said, I'm not sick. I said, number two, they lay hands on people to get them baptized in the Holy Ghost. I said, I'm already baptized in the Holy Ghost. I said, number three, they would lay hands on people to cast out devils. I don't have a devil. I said, number four, they lay hands on people to separate them into the ministry. I'm already in the ministry. I said, number five, Jesus laid hands on people and blessed them. I said, I'm already more blessed than you are. So what are you going to do when you lay hands on me uh, what are you imparting? <laughs> There's nothing for you to impart. There's no reason for you to lay hands on me. He was like, wow, I never thought of that. Yeah, well, think about it. <laughs> I didn't say that to him, but it's like, you know, think about it. You are a pastor. should know these things. I had another guy. This guy wasn't even a pastor. <laughs> and I come into a church. Some of the, This is why I come late sometimes, just to miss the rabble. I come through. This guy's trudging in, no lie. <laughs> this guy's trudging into the church. And uh, I thought I'd come late enough to miss everybody. Because people will do, you'll be surprised. The enemy will send people to try to throw you off before you minister to God's people. It's happened to me so many times. Ask any minister worth their salt, they'll tell you the same thing. And so I come into the church <laughs> and I walk into the lobby. This guy's trudging in. Literally, the dude is a big old fat farmer, big old fat farmer. He's walking in to church. He's got on his overalls stained with mud, muddy boots. He's got a, a cut off t-shirt that's cut off so deep you can see his nipples in the lobby of the church. He's got, I mean, he had like a, he had like a dirty John Deere cap on. And I'm walking in, come with my Bible, you know, coming through with my suit and ready to go. He stops me in the lobby. Yeah, brother Ted, I'd like to just lay hands on you and pray for you before you preach tonight. Yeah, I bet you would, nipple farmer. 
<laughs> I bet you would. I said, no thanks. I'm good. You don't want me to lay hands on me? No, I don't want you to lay hands on me. I'll tell you why. If, if these people in this church are depending, no, what he said to me, this is what really, this is what bugged people, people are putting in the comments, nipple farmer. If, that's what I said. Because he said, let me lay hands on you, ask God to anoint you tonight. I said, buddy, if these people in this church are depending on you to lay hands on me so that I can be anointed to preach and minister to them tonight, they got the wrong preacher in this church. <laughs> Let me just, Jessica said, Jared Burton wants a hashtag nipple farmer shirt. <laughs> Ted, let me just lay hands on you and ask God to anoint you tonight. Yeah, I bet you'd like to. <laughs> Denise said, I thought Glenn apologized for that. <laughs> Caleb Milliam, you sound very boastful. If you were on long enough to even have context, Caleb Milliam, you'd understand it's not about pride. It's about understanding the function of how God works. People don't even understand how God operates. They don't even understand how he works. Can you imagine walking into like uh, a mechanic shop tomorrow and saying, let me give you guys just a refresher on how transmissions work. Like you've never, you've never worked on a transmission in your life. I've never worked on a transmission in my life. I can't imagine uh, walking into a hospital and saying to the doctor, let me just give you a couple things on how to do this surgery before you do. I've never done surgery. <laughs> Ashley knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> I mean, I've never done surgery. I'm not going to walk into a hospital and try to gather all the surgeons up. Let me give you a few tips. <laughs> People just don't get it. In fact, there's, a, there's a, a method. That's what I'm saying. It's important who speaks into you. It's important who's around you. It's important. It's important what you hear, what you take in, what fills your heart. It's vital. It's vital. Because it will determine the course of your life. If you've got a pastor that speaks into you every week and preaches things to you that aren't even scriptural and tells you that it's not God's will to heal everybody, that, you know, sometimes we don't know what God, if he says yes, if he says no, if he says maybe, God puts you through stuff to just teach you a lesson. If it's all those different things, then what's going to happen is that you are going to have unbelief and double-mindedness in your heart. You know what's going to happen? You read James chapter 1, verses 6 through 8. The Bible says, don't let that kind of a person think that they will receive anything from the Lord. Not anything. Not one thing. And so that's the key. What's in you is important. It, it fills you. 
and then determines what comes out of you. And what comes out of you determines the course of your life. What you speak is powerful and words do matter. What you say, what you confess, the fire of God, the anointing of God can be on what you say. Or if you disregard the mighty word of God and what the Bible says, then you can speak flippantly and things that actually will destroy your future will come out of your mouth. That's why I do not speak flippantly and neither should you. And in fact, in this year of 2021, it's very important that you guard what you say, guard your words, guard your confession, guard your words, guard your confession. Don't just say anything. Don't just confess anything. Don't just speak anything. And in fact, when you speak or even when you pray, be extremely specific. Be extremely specific. Faith, in fact, I want you to write it in the comments, those that are watching. Faith is specific. Put it in the comments. Faith is specific. Faith is not random and it's not vague. It's specific. Did Jesus stand in front of the fig tree and say, well, I just, I'm just going to declare today that the next three years for this tree will not be, will not be that prosperous. No. He said exactly what he expected to happen. May no one ever eat fruit from you hereafter. No one. He spoke death into that tree. When Paul spoke to the sorcerer Elemus in Acts chapter 13, did he say something vague? I like that you're putting it in. Put it in. Faith is specific. Faith is specific. Did Paul look at Elemus and say, you son of the devil, I pray that just from this day forward, you know, you just really have a hard time. I pray that, I don't know, I just, your whole sorcerer business just really starts to have a hard year. He said, from this day, you will be blind and led around by the hand immediately. That's a specific word. You're going blind immediately and you'll be led around by the hand. And immediately he went blind and had to be led around by the hand. Bible tells us, Acts 13. Specific words, specific words. Amen. And when you speak specifically, God can, act, can actually move on your behalf specifically. That's why when people come to me and say, you know, I just pray that God would give me a job. That's too vague. What kind of job do you want? What are you looking for? What do you want God to do? It's funny that we'll do this in the natural, won't do it in the spiritual realm. People set all these specific goals and people set all these specific New Year's resolutions, things that they want to do, things they want to accomplish for their business and their ministry and their family and their life and finance, but they don't do it in the spirit. Don't be vague in the spirit. Be very specific and watch what God will do. There's a power in what you say. There's a power in what you declare. And it's time to start speaking big. It's time to start speaking with such faith that it makes people take a step back. I, I, really? That's what you're believing? Yeah, that's what I'm believing for. I'm not saying cast your pearls before swine. There's actually, we, we also, we don't just guard what we say. We guard who we say it to. To whom we say it. <laughs> don't just guard what you say. Guard who you say it to. 
That's, that's, if I could just take a minute on that, it's very important because the reason I encourage you with that is because not everybody around you is qualified to hear your vision, Joseph, <laughs> to hear your dreams and to hear your vision. Not everybody around you is qualified to hear it. And if you start talking what God's called you to do and what you're believing for with everybody, mark my words, you're going to get some doubters and unbelievers that'll make it their business to talk you out of what God's got planned for you. Hmm. Glenn said, he knows what I'm talking about. That's huge. Denise, that's huge. Dream killers. That's exactly right. It's exactly right. Because here's what will happen. God will put something big in your spirit and then you'll talk to somebody that's not even in faith. They're not even in faith. They don't even believe like you believe, but they've been around for years. You've known them for years. And then you'll start, man, I'm really believing God will do this. Really? Well, don't get your hopes up. I mean, people start talking like that to you. That's exactly right. Christina said, not everyone is for everyone. That's exactly right. Not everybody is going to receive what you say and hear your vision and hear your dream and then reinforce it with encouragement. Lots of people are going to say, well, I don't know if that could happen. I don't know about that one. You might want to rethink that one. It's just like in the Old Testament. It's just, and imagine this, because, you know, God's the one who's leading and guiding you, but go back and look at Elisha. I preached on this not long ago. Go back and look at Elisha and he, and they're in the middle of a famine. And he says, by this time tomorrow, you'll be able to buy barley and flour and wheat and all this. And, and the captain of the King's guard says, listen, if the windows of heaven opened up, that couldn't even happen. Okay. There'll be a lot of people like that. Praise God, Pierre. Thank you. There'll be a lot of people like that. Oh, really? You're believing for that? You're confessing that? Oh, man. I don't know if God, I mean, if, if God opened up the windows of heaven, what a stupid thing for that captain to say. That's right, Mike. And Zach's right. You know, Zach wrote on Facebook, people are sent to discourage you and they don't even know they're sent to do that. Some people are so out of it, they don't even know that the enemy is using them to discourage you. Let me tell you something. Let me take a side, a side note here. It blows my mind. I mean, it, all of us are on here fasting and praying. We've been setting ourselves aside, whether you're doing six to six fast, whether you're doing extended fast, whatever you're doing, it blows my mind. It's happened to me my whole life that, you know, I'll, I'll dedicate myself to fasting and prayer because the Bible says to, by the way, and then there'll, I'll have Christians and preachers come discourage me from fasting and praying. Well, I don't know if you should be fasting. You better just use wisdom. Because I am using wisdom. I'm obeying the Bible. That's the beginning of wisdom. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Fearing the Lord is obeying his word. How is it that preachers and Christians, kind of, well, I think you just, I heard a guy about a guy one time that did that and blah, 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 blah. They've never done it. It's always funny to me that the people who criticize you fasting are the ones whose breath smells like special sauce from McDonald's. They don't fast and they want to criticize you for fasting and tell you you need to use wisdom or warning you about what, get real. Now let me tell you another thing too, if anybody's watching or if maybe anybody sees this on the replay. If you're a leader 
in the body of Christ, just give you a little tidbit. If you're a leader in the body of Christ in some kind of spiritual leadership position, pastor, associate pastor, youth pastor, music minister, how about it? Like, look, even if you're not going to fast while the rest of the body of Christ are fasting and praying, do us a favor and at least don't post your freaking meals on social media. Blows my mind. You got pastors, associate pastors, music ministers, and youth pastors, and they know. It's not like they don't know what's going on. They know that the body of Christ at large is in a corporate fast, and they're posting their freaking cheeseburger on an Instagram post. It's like, at least have the decency to pretend you're pressing in. People all get all upset. I don't know why my breakthrough hasn't come. Meanwhile, you're posting bacon cheeseburgers on January the 11th. It blows my mind. It's like, you know, if you're not going to fast, fine. That's, that's up to you. But how about stop promoting the fact that you don't even care enough to press into the anointing by fasting and prayer? Well, here's me. I'm a pastor. And I don't even give a crap about increase. I'm just going to just keep doing whatever I've been doing because it's been working so well. Blows my mind. Blows my mind. Well, I'm doing the, you know, I'm just eating one meal a day. Or, or, or not eating one meal, it's like, I'm just skipping one meal a day. Good job. It's like, and I'm not condemning people's fasting methods, but at the same time I am. Because <laughs> it's like, you can skip breakfast, but you know what? People all over the world do that, that aren't fasting. Well, I haven't been eating breakfast. Good for you. How about stop eating lunch and dinner too? And fast and pray. I'm talking to spiritual leaders. I'm not talking to everybody. Hear what I'm saying. I'm not talking to every Christian that's watching this. I'm talking to pastors. I'm talking to evangelists. I'm talking to associate pastors. I'm talking to youth pastors. I'm talking to music ministers. Give me a freaking break. The whole body of Christ is pressing in for breakthrough in the midst of global attack of the devil. The nation's been attacked. Other nations have been attacked. This nation is, is literally, they're coming against the church. They're coming against worship. They're telling us we can't even sing in our churches. They're trying to shut churches down. We're in the midst of a transition. All these things are taking place and you got youth pastors, associate pastors, and pastors that are senior pastors posting their freaking meals on social media. Hit your knees and fast and pray. I don't understand people. I don't understand people whatsoever. I'm not, again, I'm not talking to every Christian at large. And I know many of you are doing this. But it's like, if you're not going to do it, at least trick us all so that we think you are. Stop outing yourself as somebody that's so lacks spiritual sense that you're just going on with life like nothing's happening in the world. Give me a break. Give me a break. It's time to press into the anointing. What are people doing? I don't know. I honestly don't know. And that has nothing to do with confession. I'm just saying that because I, ta I'm ta I was talking about people that will steal your dreams. People that are not even on the same page of the Holy Ghost. Not even on the same page of the Holy Spirit. At all. 
And then you share your vision with them. You share your confession. You share your dream. And they come back to you with doubt and unbelief. Well, I don't know if I'd get my hopes up if I were you. That's why you don't share with everybody. Don't share with everybody. Because not everybody is called to hear what you have to say. I mean, Joseph's brothers threw him into a pit and then sold him off into slavery just because he shared his dreams and visions. You don't share with everybody. Jesus said, don't cast your pearls before swine. You just don't do it. And so be very guarded. This is a year that we're going to guard what we say and who we say it to. But we're also not going to speak flippantly. We're going to speak with purpose. We're going to speak with purpose. It's very important to speak with purpose. God's got some big things. I talked about it today in the day session. If you were here, the reason some people have not yet seen what God has for them is because they've not asked him yet. They've not asked him yet. You have not because you ask not. You have not because you ask not. And so it's time to ask big, think big, speak big, believe big. Ask big, think big, speak big, believe big. You've got to do it. It's not going to just randomly happen. God's looking for people that'll press in. I'll give you two more scriptures before I pray for you. Psalm 75. I go here often. Verses six and seven. For not from the east or from the west and not from the wilderness comes lifting up or promotion. But it's God who executes judgment, putting down one and lifting up another. Promotion comes from the Lord. Doesn't come from the east or west or the south. Doesn't come from men. It doesn't come from your corporation. It doesn't come from the government. It comes from the Lord. But how do we know? How can we know who God's going to promote? Is not random. Second Chronicles 16, 9. The eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to give strong support to those whose heart is blameless toward him. You've done foolishly in this, for from now on you'll have wars. So God is looking, and thank you, Jackie, for sowing a seed. Anybody's welcome to join her. God's looking for people who are willing to seek him fully. He's looking for people whose hearts are turned toward him or loyal to him. People that'll say what he wants said. People that'll do what he wants done. People that'll go where he wants them to go. Amen. He's looking for dedicated people. And when he finds them, the Bible says he'll grab a hold of them and lift them up. Head and shoulders above the rest. We're not going to have a year like we've ever had before. And we're going to make sure of it by our dedication. Thank you, Chad, for sowing a seed. Don't let Chad and Jackie sow alone. Sow with them. That's right, B.C. Brittany. God is looking for people to seek him fully. Looking for people to seek him fully. I, and I want you, last thing I'm going to have you write in the comments tonight. And I want you to write it in the comments and I want you to believe it. Say this. I will have what I say. Thank you, Mimi. I will have what I say. I will have what I say. You can have what you say. You can have what you say. You can have what you say. Mark chapter 11, I'll read this because it's what I'm talking about right now. I will have what I say. 
Bible says in Mark eleven twenty three, truly, I say to you that whoever says to this mountain, be taken up, be thrown into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes what he says will come to pass. It will be done for him. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you have received it and you shall have it. Whatsoever things you desire when you pray, believe that you receive it and you shall have it. Jesus said, ask and you will receive that your joy may be full. That's for you. Amen. Ask and you will receive that your joy may be full. Hallelujah. And so that's what I'm talking about tonight. There's power in your words. You can have what you say. It is well if you say so. It's not going to be well for everybody. And I know that. I know that. It's not going to be well for the world at large. We know what Bible prophecy teaches. It's going to get worse and worse for the world, but better and better for us. We are the victory tribe. Things get better and better and better for us in Jesus name. If I were you, I would begin to write down. And didn't I say we were going to do this, Tiff? Didn't I say we were going to write down a confession chart? I said that a few weeks ago, that we were going to write out a list of confessions of things from the Word of God. We're going to do that and provide it. But I would start writing it down. Just write it out. Just write it out. My body operates and functions in divine health. And then you declare it. My body operates and functions in divine health. Yeah, we were going to do identity confessions, which we will, which we will. That's it, Glenn. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. I am blessed and people are coming to bless me because my covenant said that God will send men and women to sow into my bosom. And because I'm a giver and because I'm a tither, people are showing up to bless me in Jesus name. That needs to be your confession. Needs to be your confession every single day. People are coming to bless me. Today is going to be greater than yesterday. Thank you, Lord. I walk in complete joy. Depression can never touch my mind. That's not a prayer. I'm confessing. Depression will never touch my mind in Jesus' name. I'll never have suicidal thoughts in Jesus' name. I will not walk in anxiety and I'll never have panic attacks in Jesus' name. I will not be depressed chronically or otherwise in Jesus' name. I've got joy. I overflow in joy every day in Jesus' name. I overflow in joy. And you start talking like that. You start confessing like that. And it, and it comes to pass. Why? People are so crazy. It blows my mind. You get on YouTube and people start mocking this. Well, these charismatics, these Pentecostals have started taking on new age philosophies. And they're talking, they're trying to start teaching the law of attraction like the new age. It ain't the law of attraction, genius. Do you think that that Rhonda Byrne or whoever that lady is that wrote The Secret, do you think she wrote that before the Bible was written? Or do you think that these people are trying to steal biblical principles? God's the one that taught that your words carry power and death and life are in the tongue and you'll have what you say and whatsoever things you desire when you pray, believe you receive them, you shall have them. It's a scriptural principle. It's not new age philosophy. It has nothing to do with the ether. There's some words going to attract it. Law of attraction. Law. Please. Please. That's it. That's, that's the kind of confession I'm talking about, Zach. The lives of my family won't be cut short by any disease in Jesus' name. 
No disease will take my family out. Calamity has to stay far from me in Jesus' name. Accidents, problems, terrorism stays far from my house in Jesus' name. You start talking like that. It's not allowed to come to where I am. It's not allowed to touch my family. My children will be pure in a world that's impure. They'll be blessed in a world that's in crisis. My story will not be what other people's story is. You see, you start talking like that and you back it up with scripture. God honors your faith and he honors your word. What I'm going to pray at the end of this broadcast is that God puts upon you a divine boldness to talk like this and to not care what people think about it. Don't care. Stop caring what people think about it. I stopped caring a long time ago. What will people think if I start talking like this? Who cares? They're in turmoil too. Just like the rest of the world. Well, what will my friends at work? <laughs> and it's, a, it's really a problem when you start caring what unbelievers think. That's a problem. And for anybody that's, that, that actually cares what unbelievers think about your confession or your lifestyle, let me ask you a question. Since when did the living care about the opinions of the dead? Since when did the living, can you imagine buying a new outfit, going out in the middle of a graveyard, saying, what do you guys think? Do I look fat in this? Or the, who cares? They, they're not even there. They're dead. They're gone. And the same, same thing's true with the unbeliever. The Bible says they're dead in trespasses and sins. Why would I ever choose to govern my life based on the opinions of a dead person? Foolishness. Straight up foolishness. And so I'm going to pray right now that a boldness comes upon you to speak like the Bible says we should speak. Speak with boldness and watch what God will begin to do. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray for every person that's watching the broadcast tonight or listening. I pray in Jesus' name that as Paul prayed, a new boldness would come upon them. That from this night forward, that a fire, like a lion's anointing, like you said in Proverbs 28.1, the wicked run when no one's chasing them, but the righteous are bold as a lion. Let that lion's boldness come upon every one of us, the lion of the tribe of Judah. Let that anointing come upon every one of us to speak with boldness, to not be ashamed of the truths of God's word. Even in the time where people are trying to push back against Christianity and the power of God's word, we refuse to bow a knee or bend. We refuse. And in Jesus' name, we will step up and we will be supernaturally bold. And we give you thanks, Lord, that our words are coming to pass. For life is in our tongue. Death is in our tongue. And we'll see the fruit of what we say in Jesus' mighty name. And if you believe it, somebody throw some fire in the comments and shout a loud amen wherever you're at. Wake your wife up if she's sleeping next to you. If you're on a train somewhere, <laughs> who rides in a train? I don't even know. <laughs> Receive it in Jesus' name. Tell you what, I can tell people are already feeling it because people have already done it before I've asked, but it's a great night to sow. Do you know people, something's up with today, something's up with yesterday. People, there, there's, the Holy Ghost is leading people to sow, 
Today and last night have been days of sowing. People have been sowing. I've been sowing seeds today. I sowed. I sowed seeds today. I just felt it. I know other people are feeling it. I sowed a thousand today. I felt to. I sowed a thousand. Lord spoke to me this morning. I did it. I jumped on it, released it. And the Lord's speaking to other people. This has been a day of sowing. Something happened last night. Remember, if you were on the broadcast last night, I told you, last night and today, I don't know what it is, but the Holy Spirit is leading people to sow, including me, including my wife. I mean, he knows what harvests we need. So obviously he's leading us for a purpose because the Bible says he leads us in the way we should go. Isaiah 48, 17 teaches us to profit, leads us in the way we should, we should go. It's been a day of sowing. And don't miss out on that. God's obviously doing something. Jump into it. There's a flow. There's a flow right now. I don't know what it is. I honestly don't. But God did it. God's uh, uh, leading people. He's guiding people. And so I want to encourage you. And there's a way to show, sow on the screen. You can go to miracleword.com. Sow a seed there very easily. You can use PayPal, Cash App. There's the cash tag on the screen. You can use hashtag donate in the comments section. If you're on Facebook, Periscope, or Twitter, if you're on YouTube, you can't do it. But you can use all the other methods. We even have Venmo. If you'd like to mail a check, you can do it. Address is on the website. But go to MiracleWord.com, sow a seed. God's pushing us. Why? Because there's something big going to happen this year. I honestly know it. I know it. Something big's going to happen for God's people. It, it's no, you know what's crazy? It's no surprise to me that I look around at all of the things that the men of God are saying, I've heard at least four men of God that I respect, one of them being Brother Copeland, who prophesied that this was going to be a year that the church was going to take off. And I've heard four now. They're all, and they're all saying the same thing. And they're not mimicking each other. They all started saying it. It's going to be the year that the church takes off. It's big. What did I hear starting last year? We're going to run in 2021. Something big's happening this year, man. Thank you, Samantha, for sowing a seed. Something big is, is happening. God is going to use the church in such a way that it's going, to, it's going to put the devil to shame in 2021. I'm telling you, it's going to put the devil to shame. Do you know, I'm so excited about it. Our new television broadcast launches Thursday. God opened the door. People are getting ready to be saved around the world. We're going to see souls at an unprecedented rate. God's doing big things this year, man. Let me just say this, just as a, a, an encouragement to you. Don't allow yourself by the carnal nature, by the flesh, to be in the place where you know God's doing big things, but you hold back because of the flesh and you miss out personally on the big things God's going to do. Don't be in that position. And I'm not telling you what to give, but the Lord will lead you. Thank you, Pierre. Thank you, Bambi. I'm just, I'm just telling you, I, I know what's going on. And God's, God's stirring. This whole nation is on the brink of a great revival. The church is rising up in 2021. And what I don't want to see for people, don't be on the out. I know, Ariane, that's amazing. God did it. Don't be on the outside looking in. Don't have your opportunities and miss them because of the carnal nature. And then God moves and you're like, man, why didn't I get in on it? Why didn't I do what the Lord wanted me to do? Do what the Lord wants you to do. And so 
pray and ask him right now. He's probably speaking to you. I know the Lord's been speaking to people largely all day long, all day long, all day long. I thanked God recently. I thank God that he brought us beyond uh, where we've ever given in one-time seeds. Even the seeds that, that we used to sow that broke us through, he's brought us beyond that point. He's brought us beyond it. And I'm so thankful because it just keeps increasing. Same is going to be true for you. If you have an issue, Samantha, with the link, you can always complete your donation at miracleword.com. If it doesn't complete through uh, Good World with the hashtag donate, go to miracleword.com. You could also try to copy and paste the link into a browser. But thank you to those of you that are sowing. I'm telling you, it's going to be big. Here's what we're doing for January. For people that are sowing at $85 or more in this month, we're going to be sending you Gloria Copeland's book, God's Will is Prosperity. For everybody that sows $85 or more, if you want to receive it, go to miracleword.com forward slash partner, or excuse me, forward slash offer, and fill out the form, and uh, we'll get it to you. Let us know how you sowed, let us, give us your address, and we'll get that over to you ASAP. Those that are sowing large seeds, sowing $1,000 or more, we're going to also include on top of that book, um, the Life Application Study Bible, Genuine Leather, New Living Translation. It'll bless you. Don't forget, the brand new book, A Complete Guide to Biblical Fasting, is out and available on our store, shop.miracleword.com, Amazon, and on ebook. Both places, Kindle and Apple Books. You can get it everywhere. Get it today. It will bless you. And again, take time in these first 21 days to fast and pray. Do it. I know, Chad. Something's happening today. I can feel it as well. I feel it as well. I love you guys. Let me pray for you before you go to bed tonight. We're going to come back in the morning. It's going to be a great day. God's doing some good, good things. Good, good things. I can't wait to see the full manifestation of what he's promised for 2021. This fast is supernatural as well. Let's pray. Father, thank you for every person connected to this ministry. Thank you for connecting them. Thank you for bringing them together with me and me with them. I pray you bless them tonight supernaturally. Bless their families. I take authority over sickness and disease that would try to touch them personally or their family members. I curse it. Command it to loose its grip and leave their body tonight in Jesus' name. I pray for those that have been battling in their mind. No more depression. No more anxiety. No more turmoil. Be made whole. I lose joy and peace to your people, Lord, in Jesus' name. Let it be a year of household salvation, Lord, and financial increase. Bless those that gave, Lord. I thank you that as they sow, a harvest is already coming back according to your word. We thank you. We give you praise that you always answer when we call. Thank you that your word's always true. Thank you for blessing this ministry. Thank you for giving us increase. Thank you for showing yourself strong and mighty. Bless our nation. Bless the nation of America. In Jesus' name. Bless our president. Give him wisdom. Use him for your glory. Protect our nation from wickedness. Foil the plans of the wicked. 
destroy the plans of the devil. Cancel the plans of every antichrist spirit. Let the church rise in strength and power and let us see mighty revival, not only in this nation but around the world. Blow your breath from heaven and blow every wicked thing out of this nation in Jesus' name. We thank you for it. We give you praise and glory in Jesus' mighty name. If you believe it, somebody say amen. I love you. Have a wonderful night. I'll be back with you in the morning, 10.30 a.m. New York City time. God bless you, and I'll see you again tomorrow. Later. Now that's the stuff leaders should be made of.